help us sing here, alright? Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. Under the shadow of thy throne, thy saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient is thy armor, Lord, and our defense is sure. Oh God, you are, you are our help, you are our helper to all generations. You will be forever and ever our shield. And our eternal hope, oh Lord, you are the ancient of days and worthy of our praise. Oh, how many has God been good to this week? Yeah. Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Be thou our God while life shall last and our eternal hope. Oh God, you are, you are our help, you are a helper to all generations. You will be forever and ever our shield. And our eternal hope, oh Lord, you are the ancient of days and worthy of our praise. Sing us on loud. Oh God, you are, you are our help, you are a helper to all generations, you will be forever and ever our shield and our eternal hope oh lord you are the ancient of days and worthy of our praise you are the ancient of days worthy of our praise you are the ancient of days and worthy of our praise. Now that song says he's worthy of our praise, so let's give him praise right now. Yeah. All right. Oh, come on, church, let's give him praise. He's worthy of our praise. My, my. Boy, God's been good to us, amen? If you are here for the very first time, or or if you haven't been here in a really, really long time, we want you to have a seat right where you're at. Never been here before, or hadn't been here in a real long time, we'd like for you to have a seat right where you are. We've got a prayer request card. This is a card that we can help minister to you. If you've got a prayer request, I want you to write it down on that card, all right? Write your prayer request, write your need on that card, and we're going to be praying that God would meet your need. How many of y'all believe God answers prayer? Amen. All right. So write that prayer request down, and we're going to be praying for you this week. All the rest of you, turn around, shake your neighbor's hand, find somebody sitting down, and let them know how glad you are to see them tonight.
God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. And be Thou our God while life shall last, and our eternal home. Oh God, You are, You are our help, You are our helper to all. Generations you will be forever and ever our shield and our eternal home. Oh Lord, you are the ancient of days and worthy of our praise. You are the ancient of days and worthy of our praise. You are the ancient of days and worthy of our praise. finally got my cousin right with God. He got on the front row today. He's in the spitting section. Amen. We're glad to have him. Hey, I'm glad to have you. I don't, whether you came with a guest or a relative or friend, family, whoever it is, it's just good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. We're here today. We're here today to celebrate 20 years. Temple Baptist Church has been here ministering their community. Isn't the Lord good? 20 years. Yes. Amen. Guys, won't y'all come on up? We're going to go ahead and take up our offering today, and we're going, to, we're going to show some pictures, just reminisce a little bit about what God has done in the past, and, and just thank God. Boy, we, we've come a long way. If you've, been here, if you've been here since the beginning, you know a lot of the things God has done for this place, and you know what the greatest thing about that is? I, I, I was walking around looking at... All the, the things that God has done and, and the things that God has blessed us with and what God's done in the past, Brother Mike, but then I got thinking, you know what? That's nothing compared to what God's going to do in the future. It's just a drop in the bucket, just a tip of the iceberg about what God's going to do here, and I thank God for that. So we're going to pray, and we're going to thank God for the offering today. And listen, the reason that we've been here that long is because of your generosity. Because you've been willing to give and sacrifice. Listen, we've been able to stay and build and grow and minister and be a blessing to many, many people. And I thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. Amen. Let's pray. And then we're going to enjoy just a few memories here this morning. Father, thank you once again for all that you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. God, you're, you're such a wonderful God and a friend and a father. God, I pray right now that you'll bless this offering. Lord, we give from our heart. God, we give from, from down deep in our heart, we give to be generous to you and your people. Lord, we want to share what you have been and given to us. And God, as we do that, I pray, Lord, that you'll honor it and bless it and move in an awesome way. God, we love you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
Give God praise and glory. Amen. Those last few pictures are going to get somebody fired today. Amen. Amen. I got to be more careful how I screen that. Amen. Amen. Listen, let's, let's just take a moment. Let's just take a moment and thank God. How many of you are thankful for what God's done for you? You know, we look around and we see people. We, you know, we do have it bad. There's some, it's just difficult right now in America. But do you realize even as bad as the economy is, we're still the richest nation in the world? So how do you figure that? If you have food in your belly, listen, you're rich. There are many people all over this world that has nothing. And God has blessed us immensely today. So let's take a moment and just thank Him. Thank Him for all the memories. Thank him for what he's going to do here in the future. Amen. Everybody, every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we want to come to you as a family, as, as, as your children, to offer our thanks to you. God, I know that this is unmerited. God, we didn't do anything to deserve this. It's all by the grace of God. God, we come before you recognizing that without you, we're nothing. Without you, we have no ability. Without you, we have... We have no hope. But God, because of you, I can stand and say, by the grace of God, I'm saved. I have been born again. I have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And God, the greatest miracle that's ever been performed on planet Earth is the salvation of man's soul. And God, I pray right now that you'll bless everybody here. Lord, I know in a crowd this size, no doubt about it, there's a lot of folks that's, not saved. They don't know you as their personal Savior. They, they know of you. They're familiar with some Bible stories. They're familiar with some things that they've heard about God, but they don't know you on a personal basis. I pray today will be the day that when they leave this building, they can say without a shadow of a doubt, I know I'm saved. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All the praise for I'm saved. 
Yes, I'm saved. Lost, I was so lost in this world. I couldn't find my way. Oh, and now, praise God, today I can say that I'm saved. Washed away and I'll offer Christ all the praise For I'm saved, yes I'm saved Joy, such great joy in my heart Since all my burdens rolled away and I'll sing of his love today, of how I'm saved, oh, I'm saved, 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 all my sins have been washed away, and I'll offer Christ all the praise, for oh, this morning. Tell you what, I want you to stand with us. And I want to sing right now about how mighty and how awesome God that we serve this morning. Y'all sing this with us today. Well, everyone needs compassion a love that's never failing and let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever The author of salvation As He rose and conquered the grave Jesus conquered the grave So take me as you find me Take all my fears and failures And fill my life again Give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Savior, He can move the mountain. 
my God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. The author of salvation, but he rose and conquered the grave. And Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, He can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever author of salvation he rose and conquered the grave jesus conquered the grave oh yeah let's give the lord praise right now because he conquered the grave for you and i i like the part in that song where it says he can move the mountain you've got a mountain that you need moved today I serve a God who's a mountain mover not only that but he's a God that can walk with you up that mountain he'll be at the top when you're at the bottom of that mountain he'll be at the bottom of that mountain with you wherever you are that's where he's gonna be he'll be there with you he said he'd never leave you or forsake you but this morning if you need a touch from God if there's something that you need this song, it says it all. He's been here all morning. And he's here once again in this service today. Just reach out and touch him. And you'll never be the same this morning. Sin could ever think. 
take your Bibles just for a moment. Remain standing. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter number 24. We're going to read just a couple verses and then we'll, we'll get started today. Matthew chapter number 24. We're going to take and read verses 1 through 8. Listen, Jesus has had some things to share with his disciples. They were, they were really proud of their temple and he said, your temple's going to be destroyed. And Boy, that shook him up down, I mean down to the core. It shook him up. And he wanted to, they said this, when's the end? What is the signs of your coming and when will be the end? How many of y'all know people all over the world are looking for the end? Wondering when that end's going to be. Well, we're going to talk about that today. If you are here today and you are a first-time attender and you filled out one of those prayer request cards, thank you so much. We appreciate that. And if you did, if you filled out one of those prayer cards, could you hold it up real high? We're going to run and collect them. Did we have some in the house? I think we had some in the front. Anybody just raise it right there in the middle? It's kind of hard to see it right there in the back. All right. Church, let's give the Lord praise for all our first-timers. Isn't that great? Amen. I hope we didn't miss anybody. But if you're a first-time attender and we didn't, we didn't catch you with that prayer card, we want to pray for you. We want to pray that God will touch you and help you. And, uh, and we'll meet you right after the service today, okay? Isn't the Lord good? Now I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter number, uh, Matthew chapter number uh, 24 and verse number 1. It says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? And when, when is the end of the world? Many people are going to and fro today trying to figure that out. And some people thought they had it figured out. Harold Campbell thought it was a couple months ago. Listen, the Bible says something very clear about that. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed, be careful. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. Here's a key verse. Here's a key verse in this chapter. All these are the what? The beginning of... Of sorrows. I want you to look, I want you to look in verse number 36. The next key verse. He said, All of these things are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth who? No man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. That one verse could have saved Harold Camping a whole lot of grief. And embarrassment. One verse, no man knoweth the day nor the hour. Then it, we see the next key verse in this chapter, verse 44. Therefore, since no man knows the day nor the hour, no man, therefore, be ye also, what's that word? Ready. Say it again. Ready. Ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that, Lord, that you'll just help me to preach your word. God, I pray that you'll give me the ability to preach and share the truth of the gospel in such a way that the youngest person in this room can understand it. God, I pray that your will be done. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. When is the end? When is the end? When is, when is Armageddon? When is the, the last battle? When is the end of the age? When is the end of the world? What, 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 what is it all about? Everybody wants to know signs and everybody wants to know prophecy. You know, Jesus, Jesus had a lot to say about prophecy. And, and most of what he said about prophecy is you don't need to be worrying about prophecy. 
Yep. Did y'all hear that? So, oh, no, no. Listen. They said, they said to Jesus uh, in Acts chapter number 1, uh, his disciples said, are you going to set up your kingdom now? Are you going to set up your throne now? Are we going to rule and reign with you now? Is it, is it time? Is it time? He said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which God has put in his own power, but ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. They asked him, they asked him, he said, give us a sign. If you are who you say you are, give us a sign. We want to see a sign. He said, only a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh a sign. And what that means, uh, an adulterer is one who cheats on their spouse. And God knows this. God knows this about our human nature. God knows that if man knew the day and knew the hour, they'd live like hell itself up into that time and then want to get right and get into heaven. How many of y'all have ever, how many of y'all have ever had a test and crammed the night before? Tell the truth. See, that's our human nature, putting things off. Jesus knew. He said, if I gave you the exact time, if I gave you the exact hour, listen, I don't want you to live like that because I know you won't live like you need to live. But if you were expecting me any time, if any day, any moment, any hour, listen, you would, be, you would do what I'm asking you to do. But he did give us some hints. He did not give us the day nor the hour, but he did give us some information that we could look at and study and encourage ourselves. Listen, I'm ready for Jesus to come. I need a witness. Man, this world's getting crazier and crazier and crazier. I mean, there is wickedness upon wickedness, immorality that is rampant. I mean, parents killing their own children. Come on. I'm ready for Jesus to come. But he begins to share some things with his disciples. He says, he says in Matthew 24, in these first couple of verses, he said this. He said, he said, look, don't be deceived. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places, means different places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, here's the deal to understand that, that we need to really look at that word sorrows. That word sorrows, if you'll look in your Strong's Concordance, it's the Greek word which means labor pains. The pains, the labor pains of a woman, how they will come and the contractions begin to come. I remember, I remember when, when, when uh, Tammy was pregnant with Jordan and it was our very first child. We was living in Augusta, Georgia, and, and it was late at night. And, uh, and she, she told me, this on a, I believe it was a Saturday night, and, uh, and she said, uh, 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 I, I, I feel something funny. And, and she said, I feel a little tightening. It just, I, I wonder if, you know, because three months before we have a baby, everything feels like a labor pain. Say amen. I mean, we're, we're, is that it? Is that, or, I mean, we're just looking. But it was just something different. Well, just a little while later, uh, uh, she said, you know, I feel it again. And then, and then here we go. And, then it, and it would just increase and increase and increase to the point that we had to go to the hospital. Say amen. Now, I don't know if y'all believe it or not. I don't know. You might not. But I'm just telling you the truth. Uh, the, when you watch a movie or you see a TV show and that woman is in the, in the, in the hospital bed and she's, she's in labor and, and the man's sitting there petting her hand and trying to comfort her and she turns into a demon-possessed crazy person saying, Don't touch me! That's real. <laughs> now, you can believe it or not, but that's real. Amen. I don't know who got in that bed, but it wasn't my wife. Amen. I mean, things was happening. And those, 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 those pregnancy pains and those, those labor pains, those, those sorrow pains, they were coming closer and closer and closer. And what Jesus is teaching is when you start seeing this stuff, when you begin to see this stuff happen on earth, that is the beginning of the end. When those things begin to happen in more frequency, in other words, when they happen sooner together, sooner together, and increase in intensity, just like the labor pains of a woman, they'll get closer together and more intense, closer together and more intense. He said, lift up your head because your redemption draweth nigh. This is the beginning of sorrow. We don't have a day, we don't have an hour, but I'm telling you, the signs are everywhere. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's see. Let's see how close we are. The Bible says there's some things you need to look for. For many shall come, verse 5, many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. I wrote, I, I just put a few, few of them down here. There's, if, you, if you will Google this, you'll find out there is, there is hundreds of people who claim to be messiahs. 
They claim to be saviors. They claim to be the incarnate Christ. Jesus said there's going to be tons of them. Many shall come in my name. Jim Jones was a founder of the People's Temple, which was best known for the November 18, 1978 mass suicide of 909 temple members in Jonestown. David Koresh, he was the leader of a Branch Davidian religious sect, believing himself to be its final prophet. A 1993 raid by the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives and the seed set by the FBI found uh, at the Branch Davidian uh, 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 compound, 54 adults and 21 children were found dead after a fire ravaged the place. He claimed to be Jesus Christ. Marshall Applewhite, he's known as the leader of the Heaven's Gate religious group, a self-proclaimed prophet and messiah. He died in the group's mass suicide of 1997. Listen, they're all over the globe. They're all over the world, not just here in the United States. There's some from Puerto Rico. They're, they're finding more and more in South America claiming to be Christ. Jesus said, be not deceived. There's going to be many come in my name. Then he says in verse number 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Listen, on record, there's over 8,000 recorded treaties that men have made together that have been broken. Over 8,000. Listen, on any given day, there is fighting going on in 30 to 40 nations at a time in this world on this planet on any given day. The 20th century showed that the capacity for wholesale slaughter related to warfare and was taken to a new extreme. Over 200 million people were killed in the previous century due to war. 200 million. You remember what we said that Jesus... This mic is driving me crazy, boys. We've got to get this thing fixed. Uh, Jesus said that they are going to be like labor pains. They're going to increase in frequency and intensity. They're going to be just like labor pains getting closer and closer and closer together. I want you to look at this chart. I want you to look at this chart with the centuries. And this is war deaths by a million. And if you'll look at the chart, you'll see an increase in intensity. I want you to look at the 19th century and the 20th century. The increase of people that have been killed by war. The amount of fighting and the amount of wars. What's happening? There is a dramatic spike and increase in this taking place. Jesus said, fear not, for these things must come to pass. But this is just the beginning of sorrows. Just since 1970, over 7 million people have been killed by war. 7 million. Jesus says, this is the beginning. You see? You say, well, oh, everybody said that. Everybody said, no, they couldn't have said that. Now look where we're at in the 18th, 19th, and 20th century. Look at the spike. Jesus said, these are wars and rumors of wars. Fear not. Be not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines. Famines. The Vietnamese famine of 1945, a famine that occurred in northern Vietnam during the Japanese occupation of the country from October 1944 to 1945. And for approximately three years, between 400,000 and 2 million people were killed by starvation. China's three years of natural disasters, the famine that refers to the period in the People's Republic of China between 1959 and 1961, in which natural disasters called widespread famine. Three bitter years is used by Chinese officials to describe this period. Li Chen Gru, a former minister of the National Bureau of Statistics of China, estimated 22 million people died of starvation during that period of time. There shall be famines, he said. Bangladesh famine of 1974. Over a million people died in the Bangladesh famine from 1974 to January 1975. From 1984 to 1985, famine in Ethiopia. This was a significant famine in the history of Ethiopia. Drought and political instability contributed to the severity of the famine, which is estimated to have killed over one, one million people. Famine may have killed, just here recently, famine may have killed two million people in North Korea, but we can't get the exact numbers because North Korea is a communist country, and they won't let anybody in, and they're very secret about any information coming out. I was reading and studying this, and some of the things I read about what was going on in the famine in North Korea, I can't even tell you because it turned my stomach so much that I read it, I don't even tell you. People starving to death. Somalia right now, listen, children are drinking their own urine because there's not enough water to go around, and they are dying, dying by the thousands because of 
hunger. We can't understand that. We can't fathom that. Listen, we can't understand going a few hours and being hungry, much less going weeks and being so emaciated that you don't have enough strength to move around, dying of starvation. I can't imagine that. But Jesus said in the last days, there will be famines. Famines. There's famines all over the world today. Even a world that is so technologically savvy, a world that has so much knowledge and technology, even if it's in third world countries, still there's famines destroying people because of starvation. Famines. The Bible says not only famines, but there's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. Between 1900, or excuse me, I skipped one. I skipped one. It says after the famines, it said there's pestilences. Pestilence, uh, disease running rampant. These days, there are rapidly appearing new strains of viruses and bacteria that were previously unknown characteristics. Medical researchers had thought that the most of the infectious disease of mankind were now behind them, but they're seeing more new ones crop up. Tuberculosis, a long, uh, a long time scourge of man, was almost a thing of the past by 1980, but now a new and highly re resistant strain of the disease is ravaging certain prisons and medical populations. AIDS is a disease caused by a virus that attacks the human uh, immune system. It is transmitted by sexual contact through almost all bodily fluids and blood products. And though uh, through shared hypodermic needles, it has come from nowhere, out of nowhere, and begin to kill millions of people. Over 17 million people are infected worldwide, and there is no cure anywhere in sight. Pestilence. The hantavirus pulmonary syndrome was discovered and described in the U.S., in 1993 and it is a rodent born virus spread through dropping saliva and urine it is uh, especially lethal out of 99 cases 53 have ended in death cholera has lately grown into a widespread epidemic in both india and russia diphtheria in russia is growing again due to poor sanitation and shortages of vaccines malaria caused by protozoans injected into the bloodstream by the bite of certain mosquitoes was long ago wiped out in the u.s but it still causes one million deaths worldwide each year there is a flesh-eating bacteria now that they are worried about that is causing great damage and 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 most people get it never survive jesus said this is the beginning this is the beginning of birth pains. They are going to increase in intensity. They're going to increase in frequency. But don't be afraid. This is the beginning. It's not over yet. Therefore, be ye ready. Not only pestilence, but there's going to be earthquakes. Earthquakes. Well, that's in the news lately, isn't it? The earthquakes in Haiti. The earthquakes in Japan that destroyed and killed so many people. The earthquake uh, in, in Asia that caused the great tsunami that killed countless thousands of people. Earthquake just recently in Washington, D.C. In eight, between 1800 and 1900, there were 645 earthquakes recorded in a, in a period of 100 years. Now, now follow me with this now. Uh, 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 645 earthquakes in a period of 100 years. Between 1900 and 1994, a period of 94 years, there was 1,845 recorded. That is an increase 2.8 times higher than 1800 to 1900. From 1994 to 2000, which is seven years, there was 1,163 earthquakes, which is 175 times higher than 1800 to 1900. Preacher, what are you saying? It's increasing in frequency and intensity. I Googled. You can, you can go home and do it today. You can go home and hit Google and type in uh, the list or the number of earthquakes that's happened in the last 30 days. They have websites, listen, geological websites that you can go to, and they'll tell you where they are, the frequency, the intensity of them, everything about these earthquakes. In just the last 30 days, there's been 532 earthquakes on this planet. What's happening? We're there. We're there. Earthquakes, pestilence, famine, wars, rumors of wars, all of these things. Daniel chapter 12 verse 4 says this, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, talking about travel. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Do you realize from, from the time of Adam till, till, till where we are today is about 6,000 years. 
All right, in all of that time, in all of that time, man has either walked, rode a horse, or sailed in a ship. In all of that time, in 6,000 years, then all of a sudden in the last 100 years, we've gone to the moon. Do y'all see something there? I mean, for, for, for technology and wisdom and knowledge has been right here for 6,000 years. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, in the last 100 years, wham, we have gone to the moon. Knowledge is increasing. Technology is increasing. Sir Isaac Newton in the 17th century, this is what he said. A new mode of travel shall be invented in the last days. Knowledge will be so increased that man will be able to travel at a rate. Now hold your horses right here. It, listen, in the last days, this, they will be able to travel at an incredible rate of 50 miles an hour. Now you've got to understand, this is in the 17th century. Now watch, watch what they told him. Voltaire, who was an atheist, he thought Newton had lost his mind. Newton thinks that someday men will travel at 50 miles an hour. He said, that poor dotard, he's lost his mind. Guess what? The space shuttle flies at 20,000 miles per hour. Knowledge shall increase. Men shall run to and fro. There was a day it would take you weeks to go from state to state or, or go visit a loved one. You can go from continent to continent in a matter of hours. We're in the last days. Knowledge shall increase. Do you realize in 1991, in 1991, knowledge and technology doubled every 10 years. Every 10 years. Do you realize in the present day today, Right now, today, knowledge and, and wisdom technology increases every 22 months. Doubles. Every 22 months. Preacher, what are you saying? You buy a phone today, it's outdated tomorrow. I saw, I saw a commercial. I don't know if y'all saw a commercial about a man who went and bought a computer and the next day it was outdated. And, and now they have special programs where you can buy one and, it kind of, and you just go trade it in when the next, the next new tech, technology thing comes out. You just come trade it in because it's changing so fast. It's changing so rapidly. Technology, I used to think it was the coolest thing. My Uncle Herbert was one of the first ones that ever had a cellular phone and it, it, it looked like a suitcase. And we thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Man, he's got it. You can call somebody right from your phone going down the road. Can you believe that? And it was huge. And now you got them so small, you can take pictures and, 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 and record videos and do everything else and get in trouble. Say amen. We're there. This is real, guys. The Bible is coming to life before your very eyes. What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to get ready. We're going to get ready in the next three weeks. Today, the next week, and the next week, I'm going to tell you three things you need to do to get ready for Jesus to come. Because I promise you this, he's on the way. The Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together, be with them in the clouds. One of the sweetest chapters in all of the Bible is John 14. He told his disciples in John 13 he was going to have to leave, he was going to have to depart and go back to his fathers, and they were all broke down about it. And he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. One day, Gabriel's going to stand out on a cloud, and he's going to blow that trumpet and say, Church, come on home. But the question is, the question is, are you ready? Are you ready? There was a man that came to Jesus by night. His name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a very religious guy. Nicodemus was very religious. You, you can go in, in, in John and read about this, this account of Jesus meeting him in the middle of the night. And Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, 
we know that thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do these miracles that thou doest unless God be with him. There's, there's no, we know there's something about you. And Jesus looked at Nicodemus and he said, Son, I know, I know you're very religious. I know, I know you know a lot about God. But unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, he was one of the religious leaders of that day, yet God told him he must be born again. Nicodemus was confused, like some of y'all in here are. Nicodemus said, what do you mean? What do you mean? How is it possible for a grown man to go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And he was talking about a physical birth, but that's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus said, unless a man is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And some have tried to proclaim that that's talking about baptism. That's not talking about baptism. There, you have two births. You have a physical birth and you have a spiritual birth. Listen, you have a physical birth to be born into this world, but you've got to have a spiritual birth to go to that world. Here's the deal. Jesus is speaking spiritually. Now, here, here's, here's to, to explain that. When man was created in the garden, when man was created in the garden, the Bible said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. And the Bible said, in his image made he man. He, he formed him. He took the dust of the ground and he made him and formed him into the right shape that he wanted him and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. You've got to understand Jesus is a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And when he said, let us make man in our image, he made man in his image in a trinity. He made him body, soul, and spirit. Listen, he said, the day ye eat of that fruit, ye shall surely die. Now, we know Jesus was not talking about a physical death. We know God was not talking about a physical death because if that was to take place, Eve would have never been able to give the fruit to Adam because the moment she ate of that fruit, she would have physically died. But she didn't. She took the fruit and offered it to her husband, and he ate the fruit. Now, we know it's not talking about the soul because the Bible says that the soul can never die. It is an ever-living. When God breathed part of himself into every human being, that soul is going somewhere someday. There is no dead like rover all over. One day, your soul is going to heaven or hell. So we know the soul couldn't die. So what died? What part of man died? It was his spirit. It was that part that communicated with God. It was that part that connected them with God. That's why when they sinned in the garden, their spirit died. And God said, Adam! Adam and Eve went and hid from them. There was a disconnect. There was a disconnect. Their spirit had died. God could no longer see himself in the garden. God could no longer see his image. He, never, he no longer saw an image in the garden. Man went from being a trichotomy, body, soul, and spirit, to a dichotomy, a body, and a soul. Listen. So every man born from that day has to be born again. Their spirit, that part that communicates with God, that part that is in connection with God, must be born again, must be renewed and revived, regenerated and born again. David said this and sin did my mother conceive me. He said, I came into this world broke. You got to understand, you came into this world broke. You came in this world with a body and a soul. But God wants you to be reborn and your spirit born again. So how do you know? I can, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been I, you know, I've been good all my life. I've been religious all my life. No, nope, you didn't get here that way. My daughter, I've told this story before, but my daughter, she, uh, 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 she, she was a little old bitty thing. My oldest daughter, Jordan, 17 years old now, fixing to turn 18. Or 35, one or the others. Uh, she was a little old bitty thing. I mean, old enough to say uh-huh or uh-uh. Whatever, whatever age that was, that's what she was. She was standing there in front of my truck, and that should have been a sign to me. It should have been a sign to me right there because it was a Florida Gator tag, and she broke my tag. She is now an Alabama fan. I should have known something right there. Right there was a sign. Amen. I told him in the last service, I should have sent her to boarding school right then, immediately, amen. But she was sitting there playing with it, and it broke. And she turned around and looked at me, and I was sitting there looking right at her. She looked at me, and I said, Jordan, did you break that? She said, uh-uh. I never taught her how to do that. I didn't send her to lying school. I didn't sit her down and say, Jordan, let me show you the proper way to tell a lie and get away with it. <laughs> 
It just came natural. You know why it came natural? Because she was born a sinner. Just like everybody else in this room. Raise your hand. If you've ever told a lie, raise your hand. You ever told a lie? All right. Everybody didn't raise your hand. There's some. You just did. So the next time I ask, raise your hand. Amen. You know, we don't, we don't do that to become a sinner. We did that because we were sinners. Are y'all with me? You must be born again. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Well, how do I do that? Very simple. You see, I grew up in church. I've got kinfolk in here. Randy, tell you this. Randy, about the third day I was born, I was in church, wasn't I? I was in church. Listen, my dad was a pastor. My dad was a preacher. He made sure we was in church. By the fourth grade, I knew more Bible. I could memorize. I had more mem Bible memorized in the fourth grade than I can. I know now. I only. I can't remember yesterday. Now, I had a three-piece suit, cowboy boots, and a King James Bible as big as I was. And I carried it around proudly. And everybody called me the little preacher boy. I, listen, I could tell you anything you want to know about God. I knew all the Bible stories. I could tell you where to find them. I knew every book in the Bible. could quote them by memory just like that. Guess what? I was lost. I was lost. I knew all about God, but I didn't know Him personally. I didn't know Him in a personal basis. You know, there was a story in the Bible about a man named Samuel. He was the prophet Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in all of the Bible. And the Bible said this. The Bible says this, that Samuel grew up in the temple. From the time he was of weaning age, his mother dedicated him to the temple, and he grew up in the temple working for God. I mean, he was employed by God. He was serving God and working for God. But when God came to personally introduce himself to him, he didn't know who he was. And this one verse is the most intriguing verse in, that whole, in, the, in the whole book of 1 Samuel. The Bible says, For Samuel did not yet know the Lord. K-N-O-W. He did not yet. How did he not know him? He was working for him. You know what that tells us? You can know all about God and go to hell. I'm not asking you, are you a church member? I'm not asking if you've been baptized. I'm not asking if you know a Bible story. I'm asking you, do you know him? Has there been a time in your life where you have had a personal encounter with a holy God and you realize that you were a sinner? You recognize your situation. I was walking around with my big old Bible, my three-piece suit, my cowboy boots, and God smoked my heart and said, you're a sinner. Boy, I tell you what. I thought, wow. I need to do, Izzy, I said, I, I got to do something. And the first thought I had was a human nature. I thought, what is everybody going to think? What is everybody going to think? And you know what? Five seconds later, I said, I don't care. I ain't going to hell for nobody. What do I do, preacher? First thing you got to do is you got to recognize. You got to recognize. You got to recognize a sinner's condition. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, there is none righteous. There is none righteous. No, not one. Oh, I've been good, preacher. I've gone to church a long time. I've got a big old Bible and I've underlined things in it. Now all that stuff. The Bible says the best works, the, the best works we could ever come up with are as filthy rags in God's eyes. The best we can do, the best we can come up with are as filthy rags in God's eyes. You see, the problem is not getting saved. That's the easy part. Getting saved is the easy part. Getting lost is the hard part. When you try to share with somebody what it takes or what does it mean to get lost, what, are, are you lost? No, I'm a good person. Good people go to hell. You've got to recognize a sinner's condition. But then thank God, you've got to recognize a Savior's provision. The Bible says, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, we have a holy God, and sin must be paid for. 
and that payment is death. But thank God Jesus came and died so you didn't have to. Oh, preacher, but I said a prayer a long time ago. Did you change? Did your life dramatically change? There are many people all over the world that has prayed a prayer, but their life never changed because they didn't truly repent. And one day when the trumpet sounds, they're going to say, What happened? Jesus, I did this in your name, and I did that in your name. I cast out devils in your name. I did all of this. And he said, Depart from me. I never knew you. Are you saved? All of these signs are all around us. The question is, are you ready? The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now look at me real good. I've gone just a little bit longer, but that's okay. We're going to be done in just a minute, but don't miss this because I feel the Holy Spirit moving right here. I, I feel Him tugging on people's hearts right now. Say, preacher, I've I, I got to quit some habits before I get... No, 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 no. You're getting out of order. Don't worry about that stuff. That's not your problem. You bring it to Jesus and He'll handle that. Well, do I have to quit? No. No. You don't have to quit it to get it. But if you get it, you'll quit it. Amen? Just come. But preacher, I got problems. Man, I did too. And everybody in this room had problems when they come to Jesus. Because if they didn't have a problem, they wouldn't need a Savior. Well, I'm saved. Is your life different? Is your life different? Jesus gave a good clue about who's saved and who ain't because he knew a lot of people would be claiming to be saved. He said, he said, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Now, don't, get, don't miss this one. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. If you're without chastening, that means a whooping. How many of y'all grew up before Ridland? <coughs> yeah. My father felt like a belt fixed any ailment you had. And it usually did, amen. But God said, if you're without chastening, you're a bastard, not a son. That's not a cuss word. That means illegitimate. You may be claiming to be saved, but you're really not saved because if you can go out and, 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 and run around and carry on and do what you know the Bible says not to do and it doesn't bother you and there is no repercussions and God doesn't jump on you and deal with you and correct you and give you a whooping like you ain't never had before, if that's not taking place, you're not saved. I'm telling you, I can, I can look cross-eyed at my wife and God's right there on my shoulder saying, Hey! What's wrong with you? God will correct you. But I promise you this. He won't if you don't belong to Him. Are you saved? Are you ready? I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm asking, are you saved? Has there been a change? Is the Holy Spirit in your life working actively right now? If not, there's, there's time. We can do it today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, God, I need you right now. Lord, to touch every heart.